So the Max and Wancast got its first sponsorship, Max. You want to know what it is? Tell me, please. It's Anchor. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Anchor, Max? Well, I know it's free, and I know they have a bunch of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast, whether it's from your phone, your computer, or whatever you're using. But I know one thing. You know a lot more about editing than I do. Yeah, most definitely, bro. I'm the one that steers this ship as far as edit-wise. But what I like about it, I like that you can distribute your podcast automatically all in one place to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more, like Google Podcasts. You can also make money from making your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Link in the description, guys. Me and Max are not trying to sound like we hate Trey Young. It's just me and Max like players who play on both ends, dude. And we like guys who just straight up give effort. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Trey Young being bad on defense. He has a small frame. He's not that strong. He's not that crazy athletically. I understand. It's the effort, dude. Put effort into it. Absolutely. No one gets mad at Steph Curry for being an average defender. Why is he average? Because he tries. If he didn't try, he'd be a bad defender. It's Wednesday, my guys. Ah! What's up, everybody? That's a Vine reference. Welcome back to the Max and Juan cast. I'm joined by... Your boy Juan. Hey, I'm liking that Vine, that Vine shout out right there. R.I.P. Vine. I mean, it's basically alive again with TikTok, right? But that's how we feel kind of <laughs> old. Me and Juan were talking about that before the podcast of how we look at the league now. And there's guys like four years younger than us. My goodness, we're we're having our lives gone. Now we're just guys who are trying to make it in the little podcast world. <laughs> Remember when we blew out our ACLs at the same time? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we totally could have played college ball, bro. All the way. Hey, not to mention, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know Max personally, Max low-key has the height to be an NBA player. What are you, about 6'4"? Yeah, about. I should have been a left tackle, bro. That, was, that could have been my thing. No, no, no. What, what was the what was the position we had you long? Snapper? Oh, I'd be a cheat code at long snapper, bro. <laughs> you don't even know. I'd be a cheat code. Try jumping over me, fifteen every time. All right, guys. Nice of you guys to join us. It's Tuesday night for us, the night that we're recording this podcast. Got the Cowboys and Ravens game going on. Right Yo, here. stop selling me out. <laughs> Get out. Stop right doing here. that. Don't bring got, it up. <laughs> we got it going on right here in the background. Even though we're going to be watching football, this podcast is going to be about some NBA. And we got NBA preseason right around the corner. We got the season going on in about two, two and a half weeks, I should say. Just about. This is the first of a couple, maybe a few NBA preview videos we're going to do or podcasts, whatever you want to call them. There's so many things to talk about, right? And people want to talk about players. People want to talk about teams. Well, what I want to ask you, Juan, is who are some of your surprising teams for this upcoming NBA year? The one that comes to mind right away, and I think everyone's on board with, is the Suns. And where do we start with the Suns? Obviously, everyone knows they traded for Chris Paul. They got some help for Devin Booker. Um, Some free agent signings that they got. They signed Jay Crowder from the Miami Heat, a good D and three guy. They signed Etwan Moore, who's not a bad backup point guard. Langston Galloway, uh, not guys that are gonna 
blow your mind talent wise but definitely guys who are going to help them win and we're going to see this year man if they're going to make that next leap and being a playoff team because the Suns have been a laughing stock no one can argue that their owner gets into fights with old ladies at city council meetings classic this team's either going to 100% be a surprise like playoff team or they're going to backfire so bad on us because we definitely have the 8-0 bubble in our minds right yeah, that, everyone got hyped with them when they went undefeated in the bubble. And it kind of sucked. They basically told them, yeah, come to the bubble. Even if you win all your games, you're not going to go into the playoffs. So I can only imagine how they felt. And Devin Booker played at an MVP level, not to mention. Oh, playing out of his mind. He put the first nail in many nails in Paul George's coffin. Paul George probably has the worst what low light reel of game winners being hit on him. <laughs> Yeah, I would say it's (laughs) he's been eyed up way too many times. Well, tell me this. Does he have the hardest game winner of all time in that Gatorade commercial, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. I swear that one played so many times. I felt like when it first came out on and on and on for a guy who hasn't even hit like that many game winners, man. Come on, Paul. You can do better than that, dog. What did he say? He's like, I call it game. <laughs> oh, man. Well, going back on the Phoenix Suns, they have all – they have they have the right recipe to be a, a playoff team. And when I look at them, when I look at their full roster, it looks like they're going to be starting – it's going to be Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, and and Mikael Bridges, I believe. So that's a pretty solid starting lineup. DeAndre Ayton, you think that's going to take some steps forward this year. Devin Booker is what he is. And Chris Paul is the leader that everyone expects to elevate everyone's game, especially Devin Booker. And that's going to be a big part in this success is how – How well does Chris Paul elevate Devin Booker's play? And I'm not even saying as far as stats-wise and and points and all that. Maybe he can mentor Devin Booker in a way to show him how to make your teammates better, how to respond to losses, how how to approach the game when you're on a two game road trip back to back on in the middle of January. You get me? And it's it's those little things and teaching these young guys on how to win. And it's going to be huge for this team because they have the talent to do it. They have the solid bench. They got shooters. This team should make the playoffs. And Devin Booker's only 24 years old. This guy's young. The sky's the limit for him. He's potentially an MVP candidate. And I'm looking forward for them to ascend this year to the playoffs. The Thunder had a .8 chance of making the playoffs last year. And I would definitely say if we compared the rosters of those two teams, the Thunder and Suns this year, the Suns have so much better talent. Devin Booker is miles ahead of Shea Gilchrist Alexander. No offense, Shea. Love you, you're my guy. But the leadership aspect of Chris Paul is going to be the biggest thing. And this trade for Chris Paul wasn't just made to improve the team. It's made to keep Devin Booker happy, wouldn't you say? This league's about keeping its stars happy. Sometimes it bothers me. Because there's no loyalty. 
Granted, I know sports, there's never loyalty, but it seems like the players, you have to appease them so much now. And that's why I think this move was made for Chris Paul. Yeah, and it's not like in years past where the Suns have tried to get a a veteran leadership in there, but it's been guys who have been washed, guys who can't play. I don't know if you remember, but they brought in a guy like Tyson Chandler. And yeah, he was he was good in the locker room, but he he barely played. And I think that's big for young guys, especially with today's generation. It's hard to take advice from someone where they don't even have the same resume as you. You're a guy putting up 30, 40 points on on occasions and you got a guy over here telling you what to do. I know, I know it's hard because the older generation, it's it's respect your elders, but some guys just don't think like that. They need a guy like Chris Paul, and I feel like Devin Booker's going to respond to a guy like him. This is a guy who's been an all-NBA guy. He's been in big playoff games. He's hit big shots. He's been considered the best point guard in the league, and he's going to go down probably in the Hall of Fame. So at that point, if Devin Booker doesn't want to take any advice, that's on him. I doubt that's going to be the case. I do feel like he's going to respect Chris Paul and he's going to take on the leadership role that he's due to to make with the Phoenix Suns. Booker definitely turned the corner last year in the bubble, I would say, and towards the later part of the year. But again, I wouldn't trust his leadership over Chris Paul's. I mean, Chris Paul, like you said, is a proven guy, been there, done that. He's done just about everything but win a championship. And I don't think it's just about Devin Booker. Jay Crowder brings a toughness to the team they haven't had. TJ Warren, he's a fake tough guy. Jay Crowder is an actual tough guy. Been in big playoff games. He was huge for them in the playoffs last year, especially against the Bucks. The Suns brought in guys that are going to help them win now and mentor the young guys. I love their offseason, and I 100% agree this is a surprise team, and I would be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. I'm saying make the playoffs. Not content for a spot, almost make it. They should 100% make the playoffs. Anything else is a failure of a season. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. So I said one of mine's. We're going to bounce back and forth. And I want to hear a team that Max thought of. I don't know if this team's a surprise, but I'm going with them. The Philadelphia 76ers. This is not going to be the same old travesty of a team that's been the last three years that's been just so dysfunctional. Bringing in Doc over Brett Brown was a huge move. I'm not even a huge Doc Rivers fan. But he brings an air to the team, a mystique to the team. It's just professionalism. And I'm not going to buy into the Ben Simmons been working on his game mid, mid-range three-pointer. Oh my God, how many times have we heard that one? I'm not even buying into that crap. Ben Simmons yeah. doesn't need a three-point shot to be great. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it. I love reading every year. Ben Simmons, man, he's been in the lab. He's just a three-pointer. But... Do, do you buy it? I don't. I think it's all BS, smoke screen, no, whatever you want to call it. I don't buy it at all. At this point, if he wanted to be a three-point shooter or a shooter in general, he would have did it already. I think that ship has sailed. 100% agree. I'm not saying he'll never be able to shoot, but until I see it, I'm not going to buy into anything of the clips we see. I got to see it in an NBA game. But one thing I love that they did this offseason, they got rid of Al Horford. It was a terrible signing, and I'm shocked they got rid of the contract of the Thunder. They got back Terrence Ferguson. They got Danny Green. They got shooting. I know Terrence Ferguson's got an iffy jump shot, but he's better than Al Horford spotting up on the perimeter and not doing anything. And I love the addition of Seth Curry. That's going to help this team. 
Doc Rivers loves the guy he can use like the Ray Allen of old. Yeah, I I completely agree. They want that guy like Ray Allen to go off screens and run around and shoot the jump shot. Uh, as far as as far as Al Horford, I man, they really got lucky because that was by far one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Wouldn't you agree? Oh my God! They were there was no reason to give him that much money. He was thirty three years old. You don't give a guy that much money who's that old and is a big, in my opinion. Yeah, it's scary it, too. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It's it. It was almost as bad as the Tim, Timothy Mozgov contract because I still think Al Horford has a little bit more tank than Mozgov did at that point. But that's besides that. Uh, one one thing that I want to bring up that you didn't really harp on. That's gonna be a big reason why they succeed is Joel Embiid like is he gonna get in shape is he gonna get in shape and dominate the NBA like he should have been I really hope so he's one of my favorite bigs in the league no one should be able to guard him the Lakers have Anthony Davis top big man in the league he shouldn't be able to guard Joel Embiid in the post nobody yeah like you said nobody he's 280 probably I take that back. He's probably overweight a little bit, but he should be right around 280. He's cut up. No one should stop him. Stop settling for crappy jump shots. I believe part of the reason he settles for that is because the spacing's so bad on offense, right? But I watched him try to post up. The position that he catches the ball, it's so far from the basket. And I believe that's intentional on his part because he likes to face up, right? He's kind of more of a face-up big. Yeah. I understand, guys, he has a back-to-the-basket game, but I want him to catch the ball on the block, one dribble into the guy's chest, dunk, hook shot. Stop getting all fancy trying to show what you got. Just do the stuff that's simple and works. And gets in shape. All he needs to do is get in shape. That's a big problem for him also. We know, we know he has the talent. Get in shape, bro. Dominate the freaking league. And I'm... I'm a believer that he can, dude. He can win MVP and have a Shaq-type season and dominate the NBA. Because like you said, Anthony Davis, yeah, even though he doesn't play center, Anthony Davis is probably the best big man in the league. And even me and Max acknowledge, Joel Embiid on his best day, Anthony Davis can't mess with him. And that's scary to think about. And with him playing like that and... Ben Simmons running the offense and them having shooters with Danny Green, like like Max was saying, and having the leadership with Doc Rivers, who I think is gonna gonna help them more than than Brett Brown did. I wouldn't, I, I'm like Max said, I'm not a huge fan of Doc Rivers, but he is an upgrade above Brett Brown, and I like what what they've been doing with the contract situations and getting some better players in there, and a better better situation for them financially. But it comes down to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid needs to get in shape and he needs to dominate the league and he needs to be their best player. Doc's great for the culture of a team. And this team had a crap culture. And I just want to say one more thing about Joel Embiid one. I think he's the Baker Mayfield of the NBA with his commercials. Joel Embiid is very unhappy. You know that commercial (laughs) with the who? I've never seen a guy on TV as much as I see him. He's Baker Mayfield. He doesn't. He hasn't done anything yet. You had two good seasons. You didn't even win a chip. You didn't even get to the finals. Have a pissed off offseason like Shaq did in 2000. 
dominate. Like you said, Juan, dominate. Go out there every game and stop pretending like you're the best big. Go out there and prove you're the best big. Yeah, and play at least 72-plus games. You can't miss You can't miss 25-plus um, games this season. You got to play at least 72. I'll give him 60 this year because there's only, what, the COVID's weird. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It is yeah, a short season. Yeah. But, no, I get what you're saying. It's the same concept. Like, you got to show up for 90% of your team's games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can have your rest. You're going to get rested or or you have a little nagging injury that hits you in the middle of the season or whatever it is. You don't have to play all the games. Well, play at least 90% of your team's games, dude. Stay healthy. Stay in shape. And dominate. And bring this because this team has the talent. They can be a top three, even the best team in the East if they wanted to. So that's the team ceiling, top three in the East, in your opinion? No, I think their ceiling is number two to the Lakers, honestly. Oh, NBA? Yeah. So that you could definitely see this team making a finals run yeah. if everything oh, clicks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What does that mean for Tobias Harris in your in this model that you were saying? What is Tobias Harris? Because he needs to perform better, there's no doubt, and he gets paid like an all-star. Yeah. So what do you think he contract. has to do? Another I, I agree. Contract. Agree 100%. So what does he have to do? And does what he have to do on him or potentially kind of on Ben Simmons? And I'll make my point after you make your point. I think he needs to minimize his role and even consider moving moving to the bench. Maybe not starting him, maybe playing in another role and – making him more of a spot-up shooter or the guy who scores scores points for the bench and have that spark plug kind of guy. Yeah, it's going to suck. It's going to suck having all that money on the bench and not him being a starter. But I think at this point, everything's on the table for that guy because obviously the way that he was being utilized last year is not going to work. Here's my counter. Is his contract bad? Absolutely. We've already talked. We just said it. It's bad. He's getting paid to be a number one. He should be a number three on a team. This is where I need Ben Simmons to take a step up. Ben Simmons is clearly the second best player. But as of right now, in your opinion, Tobias Harris has a better offensive game than Ben Simmons, right? Yeah, offensively. Just offensively. That's all I'm talking about. So if we can get Ben Simmons to take the leap on the offensive end and make him the second option, you kick Tobias as the third option, I'm liking Tobias a lot more in that role where he gets to play off of those two guys instead of Joel You know, Joel does his thing and then Tobias does his thing and Ben plays off them. How do you like that team with him being the third option? I like it a lot more. Yeah, I, I just think all three of those guys on the floor, though, it's it's kind of hard for him to eat. Because his game is not, uh, you can't really minimize him and let him just be a a spot-up shooter. Because he can do more than that. He can create, at least. Well, that's what I like about him. He's got the versatility to spot-up shoot with them, attack the closeouts. But I just don't like when he's, you know, you tell everyone to get out of his way and let him cook. That's not what his job is unless he's got a favorable matchup. And that's where I want to see Ben take the leap in the half-court setting. Mm, okay, I get you. Yeah, great point, man. It's gonna be a tum- it's gonna be a crazy season for sure. This whole NBA season is gonna be crazy with COVID and everything. But sorry, the Sixers are in a make or break year. 
we've been saying that the last three years, but this one is for sure because it's not about making the finals. It's about seeing if this core stays together. And time's going to tell on this. I think they're going to figure it out. I would not see Ben Simmons being traded. I can't see Ben Simmons being traded except for one guy who loves the club. And maybe Juan can talk about that. We're recording this on Tuesday night. He hasn't been traded yet, but obviously you're talking about James Harden. He has been in the news lately and saying that he wants to go to Philly. So that is a possibility. Where has he been lately, Juan? <laughs> uh, maybe eating some chicken wings at a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> rumor rumor has it. Lou. <laughs> rumor has it the money's still flying. But yeah, that I, that changes the whole dynamic. Obviously, you get James Harden; it's it's a whole different ball game. So you're talking about Philly in the aspect that they keep Ben Simmons and they do not get James Harden. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But I know Daryl Morey loves him some James Harden, so that's I just wanted to put that note out there. I don't really want to go into the whole trade scenarios, but I think this team's going to stay together for the year. And if he does wind up getting traded to Philly, it's it's amazing because that just makes me a max profits. We predict the future. My crystal ball is here. It's getting spooky. <laughs> well, spooky is right. And you know what else is spooky? A grizzly bear. And you know what else? <laughs> and you know what else is spooky? <laughs> it's not. Well, you know what else is spooky? That transition I just did. Yeah, it was cringe, but I really don't care. Because we're gonna be talking about them. We're gonna be talking about. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about the Memphis Grizzlies here, and how they're gonna be another team that's gonna make a big leap this year. They just missed the playoffs last year. They went into the bubble. They struggled a lot. They lost a lot of games. They let Portland beat them in that last game of the season kind of thing. That little head-to-head matchup, kind of like ninth against eight seed kind of thing. They lost that matchup. Obviously, first guy that comes to mind with the Grizzlies, John Morant. And is he gonna is he gonna take his game to a whole nother level next year? Because he was phenomenal last year in his rookie year. He was he was great scoring. He can pass the ball. He plays defense. He's great, obviously. But can he take that next leap? And like I say with guys all the time, like I was saying with Devin Booker earlier, it's not the leap as far as points and assists. It's a leadership type of role. How how are you going to respond when your team's in the dumps? How are you going to respond? How are you going to lift up your players? How are you going to make your players better? Because they have a lot, a lot of young guys on that team. They have Brandon Clark, who was arguably – on the other side of rookie of the year candidate. So he's he's pretty good. He's young. He has a lot to grow. They have a guy in Dylan Brooks who I personally like. Yeah, he has, he's really he's he's a real big trash talker when it comes to playing the Lakers, but I like his game. He's feisty. He's a great young player also. And you can't talk about the Grizzlies unless you bring up a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr who I know Max absolutely loves. Triple J, he's one of the youngest, most upcoming big men in the league. I got so much stock for that guy. It's insane. And like you were saying, 
I agree with you 100% about the John Morant thing. I definitely think his points, assists, rebounding is all going to go up this year. His defense is going to get better. Rookies playing defense is a very rare thing, and John Morant graded out pretty good. So I was shocked by that. But you look at the physical tools of him. He's got the leaping ability, the athleticism, the speed. Now it's about how do you put it all together? How do you become more efficient? And that's why I think the Grizzlies are going to grow. This team didn't really add anybody. But it's just this whole year is about organic growth. This is a group of guys, second year together. They got rid of that anchor, Andre Wadala. Just kidding. They're just salty <laughs> about the whole situation. They're a bright upcoming future for this Grizzly team. Yeah, and I think a goal for them should be simply make the playoffs. And if they don't make the playoffs, the season is an absolute failure because this team has enough talent to do it. And like you said about John Morant, he's so young, dude. He's so young. And a lot of these players that we're talking about is young. He hasn't even finished growing yet. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get faster. He's going to get stronger. Okay? And all of that's going to improve his game. Oh, absolutely. I don't I don't want to even speak this into existence, but it's my job to. Not that we're getting paid for this. Juan's holding my checks for me. <laughs> but I'm so scared for John Morant. Can we go into it for like two minutes? Go ahead, man. I want to hear this. If there was a player, I would bet on tearing something in his body. No. It's John Morant. And I don't say that smiling. I love John Morant. He's so reckless. It's crazy. Derrick Rose-esque? No, it's a different... He comes down and his legs sticking up. His one leg's like... It looks like his legs being like pinned to the ground by like a defensive end. And he just springs back. I just want John Morant to be careful. That's all I'm saying. I just want to protect this guy. So if you're listening, John Morant, and I know you are because we're that good, just just don't try to kill everybody with a dunk, okay? <laughs> don't That's try it. to dunk on the world. Yeah, there's you can't be like a guy in 2K that has a pure slasher. You can't dunk on the world. <laughs> I've been there. I tried it. Juan was there. He hated it. He hated oh, it. Can't, can't depend on those dunk animations all the time, John. Ja. Yeah, sometimes you just you press X and you go you go you think you're going up for a dunk and it's like oh man I just got bodied and <laughs> there's nine months of my life rehabbing. Come on, yeah. like just be safe. That's yeah. all I want to see from it, man. Yeah, I I totally get what you're saying. It, it's kind of like in a quarterback aspect in the NFL. Like learn how to go down, bro. Sometimes it's it's okay not to get that first down and don't just go yourself. ask Michael Vick. Exactly, <laughs> go ask Michael Vick. <laughs> He'll tell you how many times yeah. can you break your ribs, Michael Vick? Just slide. Yeah, I'm still salty. And it's just like John Morant, dude. Like, don't try to dunk all over the world in the middle of February and hurt yourself. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Also, not to mention back going back on the Grizzlies. Max was saying this to me, but um, Gorgie Jang. I hope I said that right. Has an expiring contract this year. He's getting paid a lot of money. And that would be a good trade at a good little trade piece for them to work with at the end of the trade deadline. And maybe get another 3 and D kind of guy that can help him out. Maybe a guy like Trevor Ariza 
not obviously not be Trevor Ariza because he is super old, but a guy like him who's a 3 and D kind of guy come in at the trade deadline and really help you win. Oh, absolutely. People don't know this, but if you have a big expiring contract on your team, it is valuable. It's a trade piece. You can facilitate other trades. You can be that third team that doesn't give up a player, but you take on a salary. Gorgie Jang is not going to be a big contributor to this team. He's overpaid. He's old. He's slow. He's on, he's like the big man of 2008 that teams would love. A little mid-range game. Can yeah. kind of shoot threes now. But like Juan said, that's an excellent point. This team needs to make a trade. It's not some, you know, not to bring up James Harden again, but this you don't need to trade for a superstar. You just need to trade for a piece that can help you win. Similar to what I would have loved if Drake Crowder came back, but they just need to add a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, just a simple 3 and D type of guy. That guy that runs the floor, plays defense, shoots threes. That's simple. Keep it simple. Get a guy like that. And or maybe get a guy that um that gets bought out. Who knows? We'll see. But definitely looking forward to the Grizzlies improving this year and making that big leap. I like the two teams you picked. Yeah. Yeah. Two two teams who were definitely very, very entertaining to watch this season. Were both of your teams in the West? Yes, both of my teams were in the West. Man, I wasn't even trying to do this, but I picked my second team was the Hawks, so I picked two teams from the East. <laughs> Worked out perfectly. Exactly. That's some synergy right there. We're not even trying. <laughs> Let me start it off by saying John Collins needs to stay off the juice. Get off the juice, John. I don't want you to get suspended and ruin the Hawks season. Before the year last year, I would have said, I think the Hawks can finish top five in the East. Like, five five or below, excuse me. I was clearly wrong. They were a train wreck. The thing that scares me about picking them is their coach, Lloyd Pierce. I don't, I haven't loved what I've seen from him. I get Trey Young put up 28 a game last year. Great. They're getting blown out every other night. Yeah, probably because of the fact that he plays zero defense. You're absolutely correct. It was zero defense. He graded out as the worst defender in basketball. By far. Like, dead last, dude. <laughs> it, is, it was bad. He was worse than his rookie year, which I don't know how you get worse. Maybe it's because he just played more. But it's a lack of effort. And the one thing that scares me is teams see their best player not play defense. Why should they play defense, you know? Yeah, definitely. Contagious. Contagious as hell, dude. I think they were just a young team last year, and it went bad quick, and they didn't know how to correct it, but they signed a lot of guys. They were in the middle of a very weird free agency move with Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings. This one move might be why Giannis leaves the Bucks. <laughs> That's another story for another day. No, but I, I like the people they added. They added him. They added Danilo Gallinari. These are veterans that are going to help the team win more games. Bogdanovich, he's not a young guy. He's almost 28. Rajon Rondo, his leadership is similar to Chris Paul, would you say, or he's not as the same type of leader? No, I think he's a, he's a little bit different, and it can easily go a negative way with his kind of leadership because he's, he's the type of leader to 
he may be quiet. He may be quiet in, in some instances and let the guys do their own thing. But once he sees something that he doesn't like, he's going to tell you and he's going to make sure you know. And he's going to tell it to you straight up. And a lot of guys in the league, I don't think they'll be able to handle it. The Lakers barely handled it. And part of that was because of LeBron. And the Lakers just had a lot of guys on that roster who were just adults. They've been in the league for a while. Besides guys like Yeah. Besides besides Kyle Kuzma. A lot of those guys have just been in the NBA for a while. So it worked out with the Lakers. But I mean a lot of people forget Rondo didn't play a lot for the Lakers last year. It was really just playoff Rondo. That's when he really started to to help us out. Well, I'm betting on playoff Rondo making a little bit more of an impact. He's going to have a bigger role with them. There's one thing Rondo's always done great. He's a coach on the floor, and that's what I'm excited about for this team. He knows the other team sets. He knows the players. That right there is going to be invaluable to them because last year they had DeAndre Bembry, Jeff Teague as backup point guards, and those guys aren't nearly at the caliber of a IQ of Rondo. He's He's got one of the best IQs in the league. Look at the guys who've played with them, I've said. And let's not forget, this team has so much young talent. They have Kevin Herter, who's a solid player. DeAndre Hunter, he was the fourth pick in the draft. Cam Reddish, he's okay. I, I'm Jury's still out on Cam Reddish. They added Chris Dunn, who I like on defense. What I like about this team is they're going to grow another year. And we're going to see what John Collins is made of. So what do you think? Do you think this team's going to take that step or it's going to go down? Well, I do think they're going to take a step, not a big step, not to the fact where they'll have home court advantage in the first round. So they'll probably be a below the fourth seed. And a big reason why they will make the playoffs is they're in the East, and the East is not that good. So I agree with you with, the whole Rajon Rondo situation. I would love to know how long it took for Rondo to call out Trey Young on his defense. Because what the preseason is is in about a day or two, so teams have been practicing. I would love to get footage of the Hawks practice and just see Rondo straight up just call out Trey Young for playing terrible defense and his effort. That's an excellent point. There needs to be accountability on this Hawks team. We've mentioned Rondo a lot, but I don't want to make it seem like I, for one, I don't believe Juan thinks this either. Thinks Rondo's going to be the driving force. This team needs Trey Young to take a step. The offense is fine. No one cares about his offense. He needs to take a step up as a leader, a passer, and on defense. It's it's too bad on defense. You just need to try more. That's it. The passing. I look at his games and I feel he passes to get the assist. He should not have the ball in his hands 50% of the time, 60%. He should not have a super high usage rate. I want to see John Collins take the step with him. I think if Trey Young takes a step back and allows DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, the rookie they got from USC, Okwangwu, I don't know if I'm saying that right, I'm sorry. If he lets the other guys help him out more, I think that's what's going to propel this team. You know, you take one step back, you take two steps forward. 
that's what this team needs from Trey Young. Yeah. Well said, dude. Well said. Completely agree. And it's it, me and Max are not trying to sound like we hate Trey Young. It's just me and Max like players who play on both ends, dude. And we like guys who just straight up give effort. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Trey Young being bad on defense. He has a small frame. He's not that strong. He's not that crazy athletically. I understand. It's the effort, dude. Put effort into it. Absolutely. No one gets mad at Steph Curry for being an average defender. And why is he average? Because he tries. If he didn't try, he'd be a bad defender. Like like Trey Young, small frame. Not super long arms. So what do you have to do? You have to be smart. And I've seen me and you have both seen plays from Trey Young where it's like, wow, you made the right rotation. Yeah. You gotta do it every time. Yeah, be consistent, dude. And that's that's where that's where me and Max are talking about Rondo. We're not talking about scoring aspect. Yeah, if they do make it to the playoffs or in big games late um late down in the season, yeah, he'll help them out in that aspect. But we're talking about holding guys accountable. And that's what Rondo definitely does. Exactly. You said it beautifully. Do you have any honorable mentions for surprise teams? Or was that were those your two? And you were pretty sold on those two. Pretty sold on those two. You didn't want to go with the Wolves? <sighs> the Wolves are just I don't I don't just I don't expect much. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, they have they have Anthony Edwards, correct? That's his name? Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Okay. They have Anthony Edwards. He's going to take some time to grow. He's a football player playing basketball. Basketball player that really wanted to play football. I don't know what this guy is. I want to see it. Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have enough dog in him for me. D'Angelo Russell. He's the guard version of Carl Anthony Towns. Exactly. That's basically the best way to put it. He's the guard version of Carl Anthony Towns. They have talent. Big problem is that they play in the West. It's going to be tough. I see Carl Anthony Towns, to be honest, getting out of Minnesota rather than building something there. I think he's just going to dwell away, and he's going to be this version KG without the dog. He's just going to put up big numbers, bad team. No one's going to talk about him. Honestly, don't even like putting him in the same breath as KG, but that's what I think of him. And the Wolves. Yeah. And and another team that comes to mind right now that I think that's going to make a big leap. The only reason why I, I think me and Max both wanted to pick teams who have made the playoffs, even though Max picked the Sixers. The Sixers, we all know, have been underwhelming ever since they've got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But... The Mavs are one of those teams who can really be good this year. And Luka Doncic might take a huge step in being maybe the best player in the league. I expect big things from the Mavs. They brought in guys to help Luka, not with the scoring. He doesn't need help with the offense. They brought guys in to compliment him. I love the move for Josh Richardson. James Johnson's going to be solid for them. They drafted well. If Porzingis is healthy, this team could be the third best team in the West. Third or fourth, I want to say. They're on the trajectory of a good young team. First year with Luka, they were they were feisty. They didn't make the playoffs last year, second year. They were good against the Clippers. I don't know. They could have maybe beat them if Porzingis doesn't get hurt. Another issue for another day. 
But like you said, the Mavs are a good young team. They're on the trajectory that we like to see as fans, and we're going to see what they do this year. Yeah, those definitely two teams that are honorable mentions. One of them because we don't have enough faith for the Wolves to make the big leap. And another one just, I think the the they were too is good. not big enough. Yeah, yeah, they were too good. They made the playoffs. Yeah. They're a game away from beating the Clippers, really. And I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't say a game, an injury away from beating the Clippers. And like you said, KP is going to be a big factor on how their season goes and how far they, they are going to go in the playoffs. But no doubt they're going to make a big leap. I expect big things from Luka. I like what they did with their roster. Good enough to get an honorable mention. They kind of had a disappointing end to their season with the injury to KP. And speaking of disappointing, I want to talk about a couple of teams you don't like going into next year. Let me rephrase. Not that you don't like, that you just think are going to disappoint the many people who believe in them. (laughs) Yeah. And the first one I got on here is a team who probably made the the biggest trade of the offseason so far and most talked about, and that's the Houston Rockets, who are probably going to be part of another big trade in a couple of days with James Harden. And this is me talking about the Rockets assuming that James Harden is gone because I do believe he's gone. He's not reporting to camp. He wants out. I don't know where he's going to go, but I know he's not going to be in Houston. So I'm talking about the Rockets in an aspect that James Harden is gone. So let's get that out of the way. Now, with that said, when I look at this team, who's their best player? John Wall? John Wall hasn't played in two years, bro. You really think this guy's going to all of a sudden carry this team in a loaded Western Conference who are loaded with point guards? Who you're going to have to be playing Chris Paul, Luka Doncic. Steph Curry, Damian Lillard. And then on on nights that you're even playing bad teams, you're going to have to deal with guys like SGA. So the West is loaded. He's going to have to really, really impress me. And he's going to have to play out of his mind if this team is going to go anywhere. This team is nowhere going to be near what they were last year, obviously, because they're losing Harden. Yeah, they picked up Boogie Cousins. It's, It's cool to look at the Kentucky boys getting back together, getting the band back. But that's not going to help, dude. Their roster's old. They don't have anything. But so, uh, Boogie's my guy, too, man. It's sad what happened to him. They they have another big. They got Christian Wood, but James Harden's gone. He's been, honestly, I don't like the way he's handled it one bit. That's another t- topic for another day. But P.J. Tucker's discontent. You've just seen so many reports of a t- of terrible environment. They've been called the Knicks of the West. You don't want to be mentioned with the Knicks in anything. That's why I think this team's disappointing. Just the fall from grace they've had. I'm with you. I don't think to expect anything from them. You're betting on a two-year injured point guard who hasn't played. An all-star in Boogie Cousins who's been hurt for the last three years. Better part of three years. I love Christian Wood, but he's not the type of guy to propel a team. So what are you betting on? P.J. Tucker is a role player. They got a bunch of role players and questionable all-stars. It's not a good recipe. And Gordon? I mean, what is Gordon going to do? He's, he's going to be traded for a first-round pick probably. <laughs> yeah. 
And look, and a lot of people may play this card and say, hey, they're going to trade James Harden. They're going to get somebody, right? Yeah, they're going to get things, but it's not going to help them for this year. This year is done. It's a wrap. They're, they're not going to be good this year. Yeah, they're probably going to get a shit ton of aspects and first-round picks and some some mediocre players that might grow into something one day. It's not going to help them this year It's is, is the bottom line, whatever they get for Harden. Because I doubt they're going to get something like like the Spurs did with, De, um, with DeRozan. I don't think they want something like that. I think if anything they want, they want draft picks. Most times when you trade a superstar, you don't get near back what you paid. I mean, AD was the rare exception. They got all they needed. But weird situation. The Pelicans had so much leverage, especially with getting the number one pick that they got. Yeah. And even the Pelicans, and even the Pelicans in a way, it's you can argue it's never worth it. I don't think it's ever worth it to trade a superstar. I think a lot of a lot of times the team that winds up trading the superstar always winds up getting the short end of the stick. That's that's an argument. I'm not sure if I'm willing to agree with it, but I see the logic in which you what you're talking about. And I've seen case we've seen cases of this, obviously. Trading Kawhi Leonard for Jakob Pertle, DeMar DeRozan in a first round pick. Wow. Oh my gosh. What a what a package, right? DeMar hasn't been great for the Spurs. And the Spurs fell from championship contender. So they didn't make the playoffs for the first time in 22 years. That's not on DeMar DeRozan. But they fell off because they traded a superstar. Yeah. And I don't think, like I said, they're not going to get better this year. And if they do get better, it's going to be in years years to come. And I just do not, do not trust John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, two guys who have been injured for – Two and a half years now, and this roster is not good. They have a coaching change. They have a GM change. They're going to drop way down from where they were these last seven to six years. First-year head coaches tend to struggle unless they're coming into a great situation. I know people are going to bring up, what about Steve Curry? He came into a good young team that was functional, not a aging, old, mediocre team. That's dysfunctional, which are the Rockets. Or having LeBron with Frank Vogel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Coach LeBron and Coach Vogel both played a, a huge role in that, you know? Yeah. But totally, you're still right. You're right in an aspect where this is not a, a team that that's near the same talent that the Warriors had or the Lakers had last year with Vogel and Steve Kerr when he took over for the Warriors. Those teams were a coach away from being a championship contender. This is not the case. I think the one thing you're t- when you talk about those teams, they're like on the upward arc of their trajectory and the Rockets are on the way down. And that's what it came, comes down to. And yeah, when you look at, Vogel or Skirt with their teams those teams were on the way up the Rockets are on their way down and that's what it comes down to with Steven Stylus I'm Silas excuse me I hope he's good and I don't want to root against him but man James Harden way to do your coach right on the first day first year head coaching you gotta deal with this yeah this is a pointed down bro (laughs) for 100% and I'm gonna give you my first pick 
And I think this one might surprise you. It's the Miami Heat. Let me wow. get your initial thoughts. I mean, man, they made the finals last year. Um, a lot of people look at them as improved. They signed a guy like Avery Bradley. They still have Jimmy Butler. They have young talent. They got Bam. They got Jimmy. It, yeah, I'm shocked, man. I'm, why do you think that? To improve is to change, and to be perfect is to change often. And the Heat didn't change much. They lost Jay Crowder. That's a big loss for them. I don't want to make it sound like he's an all-star or something, but he fit their culture to a T. He's tough. He was a good locker room guy. Avery Bradley, he's that too. He's a dog. But I don't think he's as good as Jay Crowder right now. And with the young talent, sure, Hero can grow. Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson is what he is. He's a good shooter, not a great defender. Hero, he's a little more interesting. I don't think he's as good as everyone hyped him up to be after that one 38-point game, 37-point game against Boston. He was a no-show in the finals. Yeah, he really only had one good game in the finals, and that was game, what, three? Yeah, and that was not even that good of a game. I want to say not up to the par where people are talking about him, like he's the next coming of Steph Curry. Yeah, it was more him making the snarl. That's what really made the headlines rather than his his play. I like his attitude. I like the dog in him. But I feel like the Heat are playing this game for Giannis, and I don't like that. Because if if he resigns with Milwaukee, which I know is up in the air, it's just going to be bad. It's going to be a tough look for the Heat. I don't know what else to say. You're playing all your cards to get Giannis. And I'm glad they extended Bam. But to me, you look at Jimmy, he's a year older. Goran Dragic is a year older. And a lot of people think their success in the bubble was a fluke. I think we kind of underestimated the mental aspects of the bubble. And the Heat are a mentally tough team, which is good. But I don't think they're going to repeat the same success. And as far as not repeat the same success, what are we talking about? First round exit, no playoffs, no, not making no. the finals. What is it? They're a playoff lock. I would say they're a top four seed. I just don't think they're finals material. Okay. And I do, uh, I mean, you don't see them making a big trade in the, in the trade deadline? I don't see them making a huge trade because they want to go after Giannis, and I don't think they're going to be able to trade for him. Yeah, that's real. That's real interesting. That's real interesting that you bring up that Giannis card, because it's it's obvious that they've been trying to save up that spot for him for about what two and a half years now. The reports have been like that for basically two years. Yes, and it's interesting that you say that because this is a team who just made the finals last year. And like you said, granted, it was in the bubble, but a lot of people underestimate how mentally tough this team was. And I would say it's kind of like an aspect that they're playing with house money, that they made the finals. They kind of exceeded um, expectations, and they're kind of just waiting on Giannis to get there. They're in a weird spot, right? They want to compete now, but they want to keeps their future kind of alive with Giannis and that's what I think is a tricky situation but I know I sounds crazy for betting against Pat Riley but I'm not a I'm not in love with what they did this offseason besides re-signing Bam and I think they're gonna fall just a little bit from finals contender to maybe finals pretender gotcha 
Fair to say. Fair to say. Do you have a second disappointing team? Yeah. And this is a team where I think everyone everyone kind of waits for them to go down and kind of sell the house. But they keep on going, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. You can't begin talking about the Portland Trailblazers unless you bring in Damian Lillard. And I do understand the relationship that he has with C.J. McCollum, but it's just not working out, dude. You're depending on a 35-plus-year-old and Carmelo Anthony to be your third scorer at times. And, yeah, I understand they had a lot of injuries last year, and it really messed them up, but it's it's not going to work, dude. You're not really You're not really getting better. You're kind of just staying at the same – this is the team that made the Western Conference Finals about two years ago, got swept by the Golden State Warriors. And a lot of people want to say that, yeah, they lost Golden State Warriors. They're too good, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people tend to forget that Kevin Durant didn't even play in that series. So it wasn't even the full-fledged Warriors. And we've seen what the Rockets did against the Warriors. So it's not impossible. There's teams that can that can make it a match to the point to at least win a game. And they didn't do that. They got swept. They've been going down ever since then. They got dismantled by the Lakers. It was a total mismatch. They did not have a big man to answer for Anthony Davis. Damian Lillard did whatever he could. Basically kind of die down after that game one. And I don't see him getting any better this year. The West is just getting tougher. They didn't get better at all. They still have basically the same roster. They're getting a couple guys healthy. But I don't see him going anywhere this year. I don't see him going to to the Western Conference Finals or even getting out of the first round again. At best, I see him being the eighth seed once again. I think they made one move I liked. I'd say two moves. They let Hassan Whiteside go, thank God. He's a train wreck. He's trash. He's a guy who thinks he's a franchise player and can't play dead. And I like the <laughs> <laughs> like that. Thank you. I like the addition of Robert Covington. Granted, they gave up a lot to get him. They gave up some first-round picks. Covington will help their defense. He's a good 3-and-D guy. They need defense on this team, but they have three bad defenders. Four. If you got Dame, who's a bad defender, he's average, but he's not special. CJ's bad. Carmelo's bad. Nurkic is bad. That's not a recipe to win games. They have so much offensive firepower, but they can't guard anybody and that's why i've been saying for years get rid of cj he's not a bad player but what does steph curry have that dame lillard doesn't have long or did have excuse me maybe you're talking about clay thompson exactly five points to one he got the question right what does clay do that steph doesn't do good he's a amazing defender he's honestly a all nba caliber defender he just never got the props you need a guy like clay Plays without the ball a lot more than CJ. CJ can play without the ball, but you need to find a guy that boosts up Dame. So you need a guy to eliminate some of his weaknesses. So that way, if they can find their clay, and Covington's not their clay because they still have too many bad defenders. They need to trade CJ for a guy that fits their team more. I, I get it. He's a good player. He's been loyal. But this team's ceiling has been hit. It was hit when they went to the conference finals They're on the downside. Stop trying to build off something that's not working. It's like they're they're like a 2,000 
piece of crap Chevy. You can't just slap on $2,000 worth of rims. It's not a nice car. <laughs> That's what they do. With Mello was the first set. Robert Covington's the spinners. For all the people who know what spinners are. Spinners <laughs> aren't cool anymore. You bring up Robert Covington. As much as I like Robert Covington, he's had a lot of MIAs in the playoffs and in big games. Oh, definitely. And he's got some questionable injuries, too. Not questionable, but he's got a questionable injury history, I should say. Yeah, because a report that I heard in Minnesota when he got traded there, you're absolutely right, Max. He he had a real bad nagging uh, leg injury, and he's never really gotten over it until he got to Houston. And that's where he really started to show up as that guy again that he was in Philly. Because in Minnesota, he wasn't. In Minnesota, he was MIA. And even a little bit in Philly with those big games in the playoffs, he was MIA. But who knows? Maybe it's the injury. Maybe it's the the player in him. Maybe he gets scared in big situations and he kind of folds. Who knows? But the bottom line is, is a guy that you can't rely on. And a guy that's not good enough to get this team over the hump that they're trying to go to. To me, they're going for just good enough and not being great. You want to shoot for the stars if you're a team. You want to you want to build a team that you can win a championship with. And I just truly feel like you can't. And the only good piece that they have is Damian Lillard and yeah, he's amazing. I give all the respect to him. Kudos to you, bro. But your roster sucks. And they need to make some big changes, and it looks like they did it this year. So their arrows pointed down. I'm with you 100%. I've been calling for Portland to blow it up the last five years. Everyone was telling me when they made the conference finals, oh, so you were wrong. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, they're going to get swept without KD, and they got swept. This team's done. Stick a fork in it. It is done. <laughs> All right, moving on from that team, who's who's your, your next team, Max? I'm going with the Zion... Pelican. I mean, excuse me, the New Orleans Pelicans. Sorry, I get confused <laughs> because that's why they're on TV so much. It's because Zion. The beloved Pelicans. You know that oh, he loves themselves some Pelicans. Uh, my, they, get, they made the bubble just for Zion. <laughs> just for Zion, baby. <laughs> Stan Van Gundy's a decent coach. Better than Alvin Gentry. That kind of ran its course. But this roster is full of good, not great. Brandon Ingram was great for them last year. I think that was fool's gold. And I love Brandon Ingram. I love him. I just don't think he's an all-star. He's an all-star talent, but he's not a perennial all-star. Am I wrong? Uh, Sorry. I would disagree. I would I would say I, I'm looking forward to Brandon Ingram continuing the success that he had. I do not think it's fool's gold. I do believe that he's that player and he's that scoring option that they need. And the main bucket getter on that on that team but it's not it's not crazy to think that it was fool's gold because a lot of young players are inconsistent in that way but in my opinion i just don't see it i i believe that brandon ingram's gonna keep that work up i hope you're right about that because brandon ingram or has me a one called big tm <laughs> thank you Big fan of ever since he got drafted by the Lakers. Watched him grow. I was so happy that he had a great year with the Pelicans. He needed to get out of L.A. He needed a fresh start. I don't know if you've seen pictures. He definitely is excited about the no testing for marijuana from the league. 
He's enjoying himself. <laughs> Rocking the fro. Yeah, yeah. Looking like uh what's his name? Looking like uh what's Ap- looking Apple like Eddie Man. Griffin. <laughs> looking like Eddie Griffin from Undercover Brother. Exactly. Long hair, don't care. <laughs> I think they should make a push for a star like Beal or maybe Giannis. No, I don't want to say that. They need to make a push for a star. They have so many draft picks, so many decent players. I'm not sure who the star is. Maybe Brad Beal. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns. I actually kind of like the cat when I just thought about it. But I don't want to go into trade scenarios. But they need to make a push for a superstar. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Brandon Ingram. You got Lonzo Ball there. Who's at this point he is what he is. He struggled in the bubble. He's not going to be a player who's gonna be an elite type of guy he's he's gonna be he is who he is he pushes tempo he plays defense he's he's cool he's solid he's not gonna be anything that's gonna massively wow you but there's one guy that both of us haven't really brought up because we wanted to get into him last and that's zion what do you think about zion there's a lot of questions surrounding zion What's the number one question? Staying healthy, right? Or is it his weight? Or do those two kind of go hand in hand? <sighs> they go hand in hand. I, they're both as a, they're both predicated on his success. Is he fat? <laughs> fat boy Zion. Uh, no, he's not fat. It's just. He's just out of shape, I feel like. I, I feel like he's not up to his potential on where he can be. You get me? I, I, I get it. I don't want to be the podcast that talks about his weight for 20 minutes. I'm just saying he listed 285, 284, whatever. You shouldn't be heavier than LeBron. You can be 260, 265, whatever. You don't need to be that big. And they were talking about him playing the three this year. His skill set... He doesn't have a perimeter skill set. He doesn't have a great handle. He has a good feel for the game. I'll give him that. He can play make a little bit, but there's a lot of room to grow with Zion. And will he make a huge leap this year? Uh, I don't know. I want to say he definitely will if he can stay healthy, but I feel like that's a huge if of this at this point in the, of his career. I know it's only year two. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here and say – there is a world where he does get into shape. It's been a long off season for him. He could come into camp healthy. He has shown signs that at least he's willing to shoot, unlike Ben Simmons. And one thing that you can't count out with Zion Williamson, yeah, it's not it's not something that's gonna make you an all time great. But it's something that's definitely going to help you out and you're always going to be wanted on a team and valuable to a team. And that's his hustle, dude. Like, he works. He works on the boards. In that aspect, he's not going to lose that. Yes, he has room to improve, like you said. Sky's the limit. Is he going to get his jumper going? Is he going to develop a in-between game? Who knows? 
All I know is that he has a lot of room to grow. He has tremendous talent. He's probably one of the top 10 greatest athletes I've seen in the last 10 years. And he's a physical specimen, bro. And that's something you can't count out. He's going to improve on defense. He was so bad last year. I know you saw it. Laterally at times, he's so slow. And I think that's where the weight comes into it. I know you saw it. And there's plays where people just blow by him or give him a head fake and he's toast because he's too aggressive. That'll be reined in. That'll help the Pelicans. Overall, they were so bad last year defensively. Part of that, though, was the way they played. They were so fast-paced. And they need to play like that, but scale it back just a touch. This is my last point about Zion. He was fat, out of shape. He's averaging 20 points a game last year. So, I mean, what, what more can I say? If the guy's out of shape and doesn't have any moves, he's averaging 20? What's it look like if he's in a little bit of shape and has a couple moves? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> Moving on from Zion, let's transition to players making the leap like Zion. And a guy that I'm going to talk about is a guy who got drafted right after him is John Morant. We kind of went into it with the whole Grizzly situation and how he's going to improve. And I think a big a, a big aspect of his game that I want to see of him making the leap is his playmaking ability. Yeah, he can pass the ball, but I want to see him playmake in a sense where he controls the game, kind of like a Chris Paul-like, control the game, really manage it, know when to, know when to take your shots, be efficient, make your make your teammates better, all of that in that aspect. So last year watching Ja, this is what I gathered. Not to talk about other players, but just for a second. If you ask me what's Russell Westbrook per, uh, scoring to playmaking, like percentage-wise, I'd say 70 scoring, 30 playmaking, right? You're with me? Yeah. And Chris Paul, I'd say he's probably 70 passing, 30 scoring. Does that sound crazy? No, not crazy. Last year I thought Ja was like, 55 score, 45 assists, maybe 60 40. Yeah, I wanted I to be more perfectly. Six, yeah, 60 40. I, I, loved, I loved where it was as a rookie because he wasn't always trying to shoot. I want him to be that perfect blend of floor general and score. And I think that's what he has the potential to be. There's no question marks besides what I talked about earlier, which just, we kind of teased it. Just the injuries scare me. And not that he's been injured, but he's just scary to watch, man. He's breathtaking. Yeah. And he can be top three point guard in the league. That's the kind of potential we're talking about. For all the fuss made about his jump shot, he shot the ball pretty well from three last year, and it should just get better. Yeah. And at first, at first when, he, when I seen him shoot the ball, I kind of said, wow, that's kind of funky. But I kind of like it. I kind of like his form. It's not bad. He he flicks his wrist still. He gets enough lift on the ball. It's not bad. Speaking of funky jump shots, my first guy to take the leap is his teammate and boast a probably funkier jump shot is Jaron Jackson Jr. He just throws it, and it goes in. I don't really want, want to say it's pretty, but, I mean, if it's hitting, well, don't change it, you know? <laughs> He's one of the youngest players in the NBA still. He's extremely young. He just turned 21. This is his third year in the league. Yeah, that's scary. He has all the physical tools to succeed. 6'11", 240, great frame. 7-4 wingspan. You look at his stats, put up 17 a game. What you like to see is improvement from rookie to second year. He upped his scoring. When I look at guys to make the leap, I look at have they improved? 
he improved from his rookie year statistically from 13 points to 17. His field goal percentage went down, but he upped his three-point percentage because he's taking instead of two threes a game his rookie year, he's taking 6.5. So basically six, seven some games. Shot 39% from three last year, Juan. That's not bad at all. That's that's actually really good. Th- that's damn near elite for your four slash five. This is what I hate about Jaron Jackson. And there's not much I hate. He averages four rebounds a game. So what do you make of that, just looking at that stat? I would say that's effort. There's no way you should be that big and not get more. I think it's not that much effort, but who does he play with? He plays with Jonas Valanciunas, who is a good rebounder, but what does that make him do? He has to play on the perimeter more. So the yeah. boards are Brings limited. Him away from the basket. Exactly. And that's why that number doesn't scare me. I just wanted to bring that up because most guys go, you're 6'11", get four rebounds. What are you doing? And I just did some research about the lineups he's in. Out of 976 minutes that I I looked at, he played 64% of the time next to Jonas Valanciunas. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because so that means he was away from the basket more than half of the time. And I looked at the net ratings of the lineups. I don't love looking at stats like this because there's you can't just take them in a vacuum. But two of the four worst lineups they boasted was him playing next to Jonas. For me, he needs to play more center. Now, granted, the injuries are a little scary. He's been hurt, banged up. For me, his future's at center. He needs to play there more than he's playing now. He's only playing there 36% of the time. His skill set is the perfect, it's like the perfect blend of what people want in centers now. Three and D center, shot blocking, three-point shooting. He can rim run. He's a lob threat. I don't see how he can't make the leap. He just has to stay healthy. He's kind of what you want to see out of Carl Anthony Towns in a way. I would say Carl Anthony Towns, yes, on the defensive end, but Carl is so much more skilled right now offensively. But he's like upgraded Miles Turner, I would say. Mm, that's a good comparison. That's what I'm thinking, exactly. And what I love is he plays next to John Morant. And I love the combo those guys have. And I think it's going to explode next year. I think both of these guys are going to have breakout years. Yeah, definitely. They're going to be scary one-two punch. That's what they definitely need to build. So my guy on the other end of this We're going to switch over to the Eastern Conference, and we're going to talk about Jalen Brown. He's always been either the second or third guy that's on that team, even when Kyrie was there. And last year with Jason Tatum really taking over the reins, he's the number two guy. And a lot of people will argue, well, Juan, he's already good. Like, how much better can he get? And I think he can get really better. I think he can take his game to a whole nother level. And not in an aspect of being better than Jason Tatum, because I do feel like Jason Tatum is better than him and is going to stay better than him. And it's not even so much on the offensive end. It's more being a defender. There's no reason why Jalen Brown should be all NBA first team defense. He has the tools to do it. He has the body to do it. The athleticism. He has the coaching. There's no reason why he should he should not be that. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Not his offensive game, not not his playmaking. I want to see him make the leap as a defender. And I really, truly believe that. I think within the first couple months of the year, we're going to see if he makes the leap or not. Kemba's out. So there's going to be more of a playmaking role. That's where I want to see more from Jalen Brown. I agree with the defense. He should be an all-NBA level defender. But I want to see him playmake more. 
and I want to see his three-point shot be a little more consistent. I know he's got good percentages, but I see too many games where it's three for ten. You know, I want to see him attack the basket a little more. He improved a lot since last year. Let's just let's just not talk about the Kyrie. The whole team was just in shambles. Jalen Brown yeah. was unhappy. Tatum was unhappy. That's a wash. That whole team. That that whole team. That's a wash that year. He made a, I want to say a mini leap last year, and this is the year I think he could maybe sneak into the All Star team. I I don't like Jalen Brown. I don't like the Celtics, but I can't deny the guy's supremely talented. Has the tools. Has the coaching, has the players around him. So as much as it pains me to say, I could see him making an all-star team due to Kemba being injured. I like, like I said about Ingram, he's not a perennial all-star in my opinion. But you have everything aligns, the stars align. He could do it. The greatest thing about this is he doesn't need to be that guy that puts up thirty every night. That's Tatum's job. He doesn't have to worry about the scoring aspect. And I feel like Jalen Brown already has a good feel for the game of playing off of Jason Tatum. I don't feel like that's ever a problem where, you know, there's only one ball to go around and there's not enough not enough ball. You get me? Exactly. So I don't see that being a problem. He can definitely improve in the playmaking aspect. He can he can be that guy to initiate offense and get guys in positions. And then on the other end, be an all def- all NBA first team defender. He already has one in Marcus Smart on his team. And I feel like they can get another one with Jalen Brown. If they have two, that's going to be a scary sight for teams. Especially if he just commits to that end of the floor. I pulled up his stats and he averaged 20 a game. Like I said, the two assists, I don't like. He shot 38% from three. But I want to see another year of that. Especially with the volume he shot at. Because, you know... He went from 34, 39, 34, 38. You don't want to see up and down. You want consistency from Jalen Brown. And I think he's going to have his best season yet. And I hate it. I don't want it to happen. But I think it's going to happen. <laughs> Very anti-Celtics <laughs> over here. We're allowed hey, to be. Hey, we haven't talked that much Lakers, though, this whole podcast. Just want to let you guys know that. <laughs> nah. We haven't, and we're we're doing good. We made it. We're gonna do good about just not trying to talk overly about our teams. With that said, I think it's time to get into our last player, and I'm really curious to see who you pick, Max. I didn't mean to pick young guys and guys from the same draft class, but I went with DeAndre Ayton. If Chris Paul can make DeAndre Jordan an All NBA center, what can he make DeAndre Ayton? You start it. Because you, you haven't been on my boy Aiden, Aiden, as you like to call him, since day one. So am I? what do you think about this pick? What are we talking here? What's the leap? Is the leap all-star? Is the leap numbers-wise? What are we talking about? All-star caliber year, and he's an anchor on defense. Okay. Anchor on defense, I can see. I can definitely see them switching his mindset and saying, let us handle the scoring. We want you to be the anchor of the defense and block shots and be that absolute beast in the inside and tough as hell to score over. I can see that. As far as his offensive game, he has one of the best touch as for a big man in the league that I've seen today. Next to probably Joel Embiid and Nurkic and, and Jokic. 
I would probably say those are the other guys with great touch. But I feel like DeAndre Ayton has really great touch around the basket. And just the way he shoots the ball, I feel like he has great control. He has a good-looking jumper. I would agree. I wasn't a big fan of DeAndre Ayton the way it started out. I wasn't a big fan of him being number one. He's obviously proved me wrong. He's been pretty good for them. And I can definitely see that leap. Really quick. He does also need to stay off the juice. Okay? No stupid yeah, suspension. Yeah. When I when I think of DeAndre Ayton, this is a skill set that pops into my mind, which I love with Chris Paul. He's an elite roller to the basket. He's a lob threat. He's not DeAndre Jordan as a lob threat. DeAndre Jordan, that was the only thing he did good. But he offers a lot of versatility. He can pick and pop. Like Juan talked about, he's a good jump shooter. And he shot 30% from three in the bubble. Granted, small sample size, but... What I loved about it was you saw he worked on his game in the off time. He wasn't like, no offense, Ben Simmons, four years later, he still can't shoot a three. And Juan hated him as a defender coming out. He made a stride last year with Monty Williams, and I think he's going to continue to make a stride. A lot of times, when you put a bad defensive team around the center, it's going to make the center look bad. Chris Paul's a good defender. Booker's solid. He's Average, I don't want to say good. Cam Johnson's a good defender. And Bridges, Mikhail Bridges. This guy can be an all-NBA caliber defender. I just want you guys, whenever you look at him, just look at his arms. He looks like you went into 2K, made him my player, maxed out his (laughs) arms, and made him not tall. They look fake. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they should definitely be a problem on defense. Especially with Chris Paul. I don't want to keep singing Chris Paul praise it, but... He's a little bulldog. Like he spearheads everything. Yeah. And going back on Aiden, I just want to break it down a little bit. Who Who's better than him as a big man that's going to make it to the All-Star? I mean, one that comes to mind is obviously Anthony Davis. Then you He's got a lock. Jokic. Jokic Two is locks. a lock. Yeah, Davis and Jokic are locks. Who else are we talking about? Maybe... Porzingis? Porzingis, Cat, they put up big numbers. Um, looking at the teams right now. Zubak ain't making it. Gobert, <laughs> he's not making it after giving the league Corona. <laughs> and, yeah, I would say he's up there. I, I think yeah. it's a short list, so and it's definitely a list. He has more talent than almost all those guys on the list. Yeah, so he can. there's a chance for him to make the All-Star. Like you said, Cat is not that consistent. Cat has talent. But even if Cat makes the makes the all-star, he can still get in. So it can be Cat, Jokic, Davis, and DeAndre Ayton. I just want to remind Juan at this venture that we're not in 2008. So big men are not yeah, rewarded well, for being good. Fuck. But no, I get your saying. <laughs> They definitely could, but the NBA is going to be like, big men, we don't like that in the All-Star game. We need more guards. <laughs> definitely a good pick for, for a guy making the leap. I have one honorable mention. Can I just do it real quick? Shoot it. Jamal Murray. I know he's good enough already. I've been saying for years, I'm so tired of 25 followed by 6, followed by 30, followed by 9. He averaged 18 points a game regular season last year and 26 in the playoffs. 
Most guys don't do that. I want to see Jamal Murray take the leap into an all-star guard. Granted, it's the West. It's going to be hard. But Denver's a good team. I know they lost Jeremy Grant. I want to see Jamal Murray take the leap to star. He's 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 right around. Is this guy a star? We don't know. He had his star moment in the playoffs. I wanted to capitalize off the momentum. The first thing I think of of Jamal Murray is exactly what you said. A big, fat 38 or 32-point game followed by a 10-point, 12-point game on 22 shots. It It'll get ugly at times, but he proved us wrong in the bubble. Me and Max were just waiting for him to have one of those games where he falls back down to earth, and it never really happened. He was on fire the whole time. He took leadership. He made huge shots in the bubble, and I mean huge. He dueled out Donovan Mitchell. It was a great. It was great to watch, man. He really took a big step in the bubble. But like you said, you want to see him be consistent the whole season. You want to see that nineteen go up to maybe a twenty-two to twenty-four. Oh, exactly, exactly. And just to bring up his playoff brilliance, fifty against Utah, game four. Game 6, 50 against Utah. Game 5 against Utah, 42. Clippers game 7, 40. Sent playoff P home. Yeah, and that's all being down (laughs) 3-1. Well, we know the Clippers love choking. So, come on. Sorry, Clippers But yeah, a lot of those games are just all elimination games. All of those are just on the brink of elimination. So, For sure. When your back's against the wall, that's when the pressure's at its most. And mo- some guys fold, and some guys uh, play off P. <laughs> James Harden, sorry, we're coughing. We don't, <laughs> we're not infected. Yeah, but see, we sh- yeah, there. See, you can easily name out guys when 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 players are back when, when players have their back against the walls and they're on the brink of elimination. They just don't play well. And Jamal Murray, yes, it's early in his career, but he's definitely shown that he's capable of taking the big shot and and showing how good he is. I'm excited. Football's getting towards playoff time. Basketball's starting to start up. It's a good time to be a sports fan, dude. And with all the COVID stuff going on, I know it's going to suck. Not going to have fans probably for a while. But I don't care, dude. I know for sure that Max is Max is the same. We just love watching basketball. That's what we're looking forward to. Absolutely. I just want the league to be safe. I have faith in the NBA. There's probably going to be positive tests. I don't want to get into the whole COVID thing right now. But I just want everyone to be safe. And, you know, the holidays are coming up. So, you know, holiday basketball, Christmas Day special. We all love it. I just want everything to go smoothly. And I think that about does it, Juan. I think we're about ready to wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. All right, everybody. Well... Thank you for joining us tonight. We'd like to thank you guys. Appreciate everyone who gives us a follow and a listen. We love all you guys, man. We love doing this. Make sure to follow us. We're on all social media. Follow us on Instagram. That's at Max underscore Juan Cast. Same thing on Twitter. It's at Max underscore Juan Cast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They are the exact same thing. It's at Max and Juan Cast. Also, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment. That is at Max and Juan Cast. Make sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. We're everywhere, y'all. It was a great podcast. Great topics. 
great conversation, good debate. Just want to thank you guys for being with us as we continue to grow and get better at this. I appreciate the patience and I appreciate anyone that supports us, even the people that don't support us. I appreciate you <laughs> a lot. Yeah, look, if you made it this far into the podcast, smash that like button, smash that ratings button, don't give us a rating, follow my us. Thing. <laughs> Just do whatever you got to do. Smash Hulk, smash it. Hulk, smash. <laughs> The button. You made it this far. You might as well. All right. It's obvious that you like us. You support us. Go ahead and hit that follow. Hit that subscribe. Put put your post notifications on for Instagram and YouTube. Do the whole nine. We always bring out daily content, whether it's posting, podcasts, videos, whatever you guys like, man. We just love doing this. But with that said, this is Juan and I'm out. Peace. This is Max. I'm going home, baby. Ha, 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 ha.